out in Florida about six people died that was that's tragic man so rest in peace to everybody that was lost in that and shout out to their families and hopefully they get they get back on track and can deal with the mourning of their loved ones that have passed that was a uh, that's pretty tragic so I can I can only hope that things will be done in the future to prevent this type of accident from happening 
But we all know how life is. We all know things go wrong from time to time. And this was an unfortunate situation that cost six people their lives. So there's, there's nothing really to be said about it other than it's a shame. And I'm sorry to start it off like this. But, you know, judging by the intro, you guys know I'm going to talk about some shit today. Bruno Mars being one of them. But let me get into this other news real quick. When you're dealing with a lot of money, you got to be careful. When you're dealing with valuable things, you got to be careful. And somebody in Russia apparently wasn't being too careful. I don't know if what they do maintenance-wise on planes out there or whatever, but somebody didn't do their due diligence. Somebody didn't close the door or something because $360 million, about that much, in gold cargo fell out the back of a Russian plane on the air, on a, um on a runway. Now I know it's you can't blame any one person. Multiple people will get blamed, but I don't want to be that one guy whose job was responsible for being the door guy. You know, you don't want to be the door guy who didn't do his job or the company who has that plane who let 360 million fall out of it. Now luckily for them, it fell out on the runway and they were able to gather it up, but still like you don't want to be that guy. That's a lot of fucking explaining to do. Because imagine if that shit would have fell out in the air. And they couldn't recover it. Like somebody's getting sued. Somebody's getting fired. Somebody's catching the body. That's a that's murdering money. You don't just lose that amount of money or percentage of that amount of money and nobody get whacked. So I'd be surprised if nobody got killed over that shit, man. That that was that was that is a terrible mistake. Terrible oversight, man. Craziness. We're going to keep it international. We're going to stick with Russia. That boy Putin got himself six more years, man. Six more years of him riding bare-chested on a horseback. Six more years of him talking that shit. And he he had a really interesting uh, interview with that witch, uh, Megyn Kelly, not too long ago. You should be able to look it up on YouTube or even Facebook. He was was saying a lot of interesting things. I'm not going to ruin it for you. It's short, but to the point. It's basically, he basically said, why is it okay for you guys to do this? And then tell us not to do the same thing. If you're interested in Putin, just look it up. You should be able to find it. And I wonder how you felt about this next bit of news. Apparently there was some um, Russians expelled from the UK because of some uh, nerve poisoning accusations happening out there. I bet uh, he had a bit to say about that. He probably said it wasn't true. Who knows, man? Russia seems to be the bad guys easy to blame shit on. And it's been that way since as long as I can remember. I grew up in the 80s. With G.I. Joe and, you know, we had that anti-communist sentiment, with, you know, going on with the uh, with the USSR and all that shit back when. I think I, I, I was born and grew up in the, at the end of that era. So I, I know a little bit about it, but not enough to speak intelligently about. But since I've been young, Russia's, Russia's always been the easy uh, scapegoat for the U.S., man. Depending, you know, when it comes to international shit. Spe- speaking of blame, I, I want to know... Who gets the blame for these school walkouts? Now, everybody wants to blame the kids and or blame whoever, but one thing I saw that was interesting is that people were saying that, well, these kids, instead of walking out of school, they should have been checking on their classmate. I mean, while, while you would like to see kids be, be that aware and have that type of attitude and foresight, you can't expect a, mid, a high school or middle school kid to, to check on the guy that, you know, thinking that maybe he's going to shoot up a school. That, that, that's not how that shit works. 
And whoever made that dumbass meme or post or whatever, you ain't been out of school too long to know that the motherfucker that gets left on the corner gets left on the corner for a reason. Leave him the fuck alone. You're not checking to be like, hey, buddy, are you, are you okay? Are you going to shoot up the school tomorrow? No kid's going to do that shit. That's on his parents. That's on the school board. Especially with this young man who had been, he had a bunch of incidents reported. So don't put it on the kids to check on somebody else's mental health. These kids got their own issues going on. They're too busy trying to read text messages and snap face and face text and face the gram and all this other shit. These kids ain't worried about no other student outside their circle of friends. Shit, most adults don't give a fuck about other people outside their circle of friends and family. So why would you expect some kids to give a fuck about some weirdo that they don't, you know, that that they don't know is going to shoot up the school? Like that ultimately ultimately, you know, the the responsibility for his actions lie with him, but the negligence on behalf of the school that lies on them as well unless they were unless they somehow had their hands tied and couldn't act on that. So if these kids want to walk out and for a purpose, if they got a reason for them to protest and they're not bothering anybody, let these kids do their thing, man. Every age group, every generation is going to have their issue. If they want to attack this, let let them go at it. Like, are you mad at kids because they want to be safe? How Could you really be mad at kids because they want to stay safe, regardless how you feel about guns? Because if the kids don't feel safe, something got to change. I, I see a lot of people saying stupid shit online. But none of these motherfuckers have kids. That's the thing about it that bothers me. Like, people talking like, oh, these kids, this and the third. You Half of you are still kids yourself. You don't know what it's like to have children and have them be scared of things and ask you about shit that you may feel is irrational. But once you have children, maybe you understand. Personally, I feel like we've got to do what we got to do to protect the babies. That's it. There shouldn't be nothing else in the way of that. You know, I'm disappointed in my state and the way they voted, but it is what it is. We got to move on, got to move forward. We got to educate our children in home on how to act outside of the home, and hopefully it'll resonate with other people. But it, I mean, it is what it is, man. We got to move on, get past it. Your memes ain't gonna do shit. My memes won't do shit. And I saw one meme that really, that really made me laugh, and it was like these kids don't realize that they're being used as pawns. In this game of a, in this uh, political game, talking about gun control, I politely told that ignorant motherfucker. I said, I really, I said, you realize there are pawns on both sides of the chessboard, right? So while you sitting here thinking you playing chess, you actually playing checkers, looking like a chump. Because guess what? Nobody that's in high school is gonna be reading your post unless you're a creep like that and you got Facebook friends that are way underage. I'm just saying. Keeping it uh with the school, there was an issue with the with the teacher, a male teacher, black male teacher, who had a uh, picture on his desk of his significant other, who happened to be a man. And on this picture, him and his significant other were kissing. Now, to me, I can't condone. I don't give a fuck if it's heterosexual, homosexual, whatever. Were you in the third grade class or some shit like that? Elementary school period. Even middle school, maybe even high school, kids don't need to see pictures of you and your significant other kissing. I don't give a fuck about the sexuality. Do what you want to do. You gay, be happily gay. Get married, do all the fun stuff everybody else gets to do. I'm cool with that. I don't have no problem with that. My problem is that the picture's inappropriate no matter who's in the photo. 
And I was listening to another podcast called The Thread Live, and they were talking about it. I'm trying to, I want to be clear if I say this, but I think somebody on that episode said that they were doing it just to prove a point. And while I would I would love to disagree with, with them, it's like, on that point, like, nah, that, that seemed like some shit somebody would do. Almost to provoke somebody else to say something about it. Almost like, yeah, try me, say I'm wrong for doing this shit. And uh, I would love to disagree, but I honestly feel that way. I don't think it's necessary for that. Not not for you to have your significant other in the picture with you kissing on them. Y'all hugging, holding hands, whatever. Maybe, cool, but kissing, nah, I think that's going a little bit, just a little bit too far. You got to leave that type of shit at home. Your, your class, your children in your class and the students don't need to see that shit, man. I mean, what's going to happen if you have like an open house, an open night or whatever, and somebody's parents come through and flip out? You have a right to your sexuality. That's cool. If you out the closet, that's cool. More, more power to you. Get out that closet. Go live your life. But you're going to attract negative attention doing that. It's best that you keep your private life private in some situations, especially when you're at your job. Like, I wouldn't have a picture of me and my wife slobbing down on my desk at work. That's just a little inappropriate. And I work with nothing but adults. So there's, there's a little tag that you have to have in there. You want to express yourself cool, but there's a fucking time and a place. Now you're probably getting all this negative feedback because some simple shit you did to grab attention. At least that's how it looks to me. If I'm wrong, you know, let me know I'm wrong, but that's just how I feel about the situation. Man, what else? Oh, Rex Tillerson lost his job. Just goes to show you when you stand next to, when you stand next to a shit pile, you're going to get some stink on you. Apparently, the powers that be didn't like the fact that there were some disagreements or whatever. But that, that's just how it goes, man. When you when you climb into the snake pit with a snake, you got to expect to get bit. Because that snake is after nobody but... They're not looking out for nobody but themselves. So you got to kind of expect that. You roll with the snakes, you're going to get bit in the ass once or twice. And they bit him in the ass and cost him his job. But he'll be fine. You got Exxon money. Got a bunch of shares of Exxon Mobile. He's going to be fine. If they get that deal to go through in Russia with Exxon and uh, the Russian oil, the government oil company, he going to make all the money he needs. And that's probably why he was a secretary of state to begin with. But I'm just saying. Also, uh, the uh, his son, Trump Jr.'s wife, is asking for a divorce, man. Like I said, stand too close to shit. You're going to get some stink on you. And I don't know why she's asking for this divorce, but it just makes sense to me. You, you're too close to that. I'm assuming she had, like, a somewhat private life before all this. And, you know, marrying into a family like this, she got to kind of expect that she's going to get a bunch of attention. Some of it, some of it don't want it. But I'm, I'm, like, a million percent sure that it was doubled, tripled, quadrupled over the time that her father-in-law has been in office. And she probably didn't want that type of attention People digging in their shit. Her husband probably super busy. Things get in the way. Things fall apart. And I don't want to see anybody's marriage fail. But when there's somebody that's close to somebody you don't like, you kind of got to laugh at it. I'm petty like that. <laughs> I can't help it. It's, it's just who I am, man. It's just who I am. What else? What's, what's the more news? Oh, yeah, like uh, Stephen Hawkins, man. Astrophysicist. Super intelligent individual. Left his mark on the world. And it's a shame that uh, 
we don't have more like them. I'm pretty, and I'm pretty sure we do have more astrophysicists, but you don't really see scientists in the limelight. But he was somebody that was talked about in the news often enough for me to know who he is, and I have like no dealings with science whatsoever. For me to know who he is and me not be really interested in science at all, at all that tells me that he was doing shit on the grand scale. But he was spoken of very highly. Like I didn't look into anything he did or nothing like that. I just I knew of him, and despite his handicap, him being quadriplegic, unable to speak, he was able to affect the world with a, with his intelligence and with his desire to do what he wanted to do. So you got to give respect to a man like that who was able to show the world you could do what you want to do. And he literally had to put his mind in everything he did for him being handicapped to that degree and still have a great effect on the world. So shout out and much respect to Stephen Hawkins, man. May you rest in peace and may your influence change the world like you already have. And another rest in peace to uh, Craig Mack. A lot of you guys may not know him, may not have heard of him if you're younger, but he had a classic song called Flavor Year back in the early 90s. Uh, he was the first artist ever signed to Bad Boy Records, man. He helped set Puffy's career up. And it's a shame that he went out at a young age, but it just goes to show you got to take care of yourself. You got to get your health together, man. You got you to gotta get it right. And that's why I, I was telling you about that Fonte album last, last week when I did the last episode. But there's a song on the album called Expensive Jeans. It talks just about talks about stuff like this, how African Americans don't take care of their health. So if you know somebody in a bad situation health wise, talk to them, man. Let them know that you want them here and they gotta do things to to keep themselves on this planet. Because there's a lot of stuff working against you. Your food, stress, everything. Everything in the world give you cancer. You sleep too much, you might fuck around and get cancer. It's just a reminder, man, to, to love your loved ones why you can love them. Phys in the physical, I mean. We gotta start taking care of each other out here, man. It's a, it's a crazy world that seems to want to get rid of people in a hurry. And on to some, uh, from that low note, we're gonna go even lower and talk about these, uh, this fake Wounded Warrior Corporation that they had in Indiana. So basically, there's a group in Indiana that started a fake Wounded Warrior Funds. And for anybody that's listening that's not familiar with the military or what Wounded Warrior is, it's basically a company that does things for military folks that have been wounded in combat and have things going on to help them transition away from military life or even make sure they get their treatment while they're in. Wounded Warrior is a great organization, and for somebody to go out their way to defraud people out of their money in the name of a company that's meant to look after the military and take care of the military, that's downright despicable, man. Like, there is a, there's a place for you. You deserve a place in the hottest part of hell. There's, there's no justifying that. There's no nothing. I was poor. None of that. I don't give a shit about none of that. You're taking people's hard-earned money that was meant to go to people in the armed services and using it for your own personal gain. That, that's fucked up, man. That's terrible. 
I just hope they put you somewhere where you get taken care of in prison. No protective custody, none of that. You deserve everything that comes your way. Because I would, I'll tell you this. If you have never been around wounded warriors, it's a shock the first time you are. With as close as I am to the military and all that, I'm telling you now, there's people in the military that haven't been around wounded warriors. It, it'll shock you at first when you see the things that these kids are dealing with. I'm talking about young kids that, that are losing parts of their body, the ability to do certain things, the ability to live their normal life. They're changed. They're never going to go back to the way they were. And there's some a group of assholes out there that has a nerve to steal the money of hard-working people that chose to donate to these kids. It's fucking despicable. You deserve every bad day in the world and every bad thing to happen to you for the rest of your life, which I hope is spent unpleasantly in prison. That's, that's despicable. And there was some other news about another idiot. I won't call him an idiot. I'll say somebody who made a bad choice. He made a bad social media choice to go on Facebook and call the military overpaid. Now, he may have been trolling or whatever, but that's still, you can't, anytime you say something negative about the military, it's going to look bad on you, as it should. But for somebody to, to not have served to say some shit like that is ridiculous, and it's going to make you a target. And, and not even a real, I mean, I don't know. It depends on how serious some people are. I won't say a real target, but you're going to be targeted on social media and it's just a nuisance that you don't need. People fucking with you, saying bad things about you, especially if it's somebody like me. I would say something bad about your family, your parents, maybe your children. I don't know. But, you know, you got to expect bad things to come your way when you do stuff like that, man. And I even went back and looked at his page and, and wrote, and I'm not wrote, and read what he wrote. And in, one, in the comment section, he said, obviously, I didn't mean the troops. I meant the military as a whole. But still, that's a bad move. You just got to stay away from some things, man. If you, if you can't do it in an articulate way and say military spending is out of control, not military wages, your best bet is not to do it at all. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure he's 100% wrong, but that's not for me to say, and that's not, a spot I'm trying to put myself in. So I won't. <laughs> I'll let him have that bullshit all to himself, man. All to himself. And so, y'all, um, transition from the bullshit. Let's talk about some fun stuff. Let's talk about sports, man. Let's talk about this NFL free agency. That shit has been crazy. I did not expect the Packers to let go of Jordy Nelson. But I'm glad they did because fuck the Packers. That shit happens to be... The way I feel, man. I did not expect, I did not see that coming a mile away that they would let go of Jordy. Even I know he tore his ACL and all that shit, and he may not have been as been as productive as they would like. But I mean, his starting quarterback was not playing for the majority of the year, and he's one year off of torn ACL. I just don't see the point. They let him go and then bring in Jimmy Graham, which you know, good for Jimmy Graham, but to let Jordy Nelson go after he spent all that time there balling just a year off his ACL to go get Jimmy Graham after that is weird to me 
because Jimmy Graham has also been banged up. He's also been underperforming. So, it, I mean, I, I understand what he brings to the offense, and the Green Bay Packers use the tight end heavily in their offense. But wouldn't it make more sense to have Jordy Nelson there to open up the middle of the field for Jimmy Graham? I don't, I don't know. I'm confused. Maybe I'm missing something. But there was a lot of a lot of moves, and that was just one I didn't understand. Kirk Cousins is supposed to go to Minnesota. Sam Bradford is supposed to go to Arizona. The Bears got Allen Robinson. Uh, he was previously in Jacksonville but got hurt and didn't really get to play. So the Bears snatched him up. And there I had a lot of names written down. And But it's too much to go over, man. Take your ass to NFL Network or go on ESPN. Or if you like me and you like sports, you probably got all these updates already. So I'm not going to waste my breath talking about it. But there's a lot of crazy moves made, and I'm anxious for the season. I'm anxious to see what happens, man, because it, it's always interesting. But I feel like this year there was more of a shakeup. It was, it was big. It was big. Also, um, what else happened? Anything else happened with football I'm missing? Oh, Case Keenum to the Broncos, man. I don't know how that's going to work out. I see him as – um. I don't know. I don't know if their offense is fluid enough. I don't know if that's the word I want to look for. I just see him as more fast-paced offensive type type of QB. I don't know if they got that going in uh, Denver. Maybe that's what they're bringing him there to do. I'm not sure. That will also be interesting to see. You know, I guess he'll take his time to get acclimated to the mile-high weather. We'll see. But I didn't think Trevor Simeon was doing that bad of a job. You want to hear somebody to control the game. While you guys ran the ball and played defense. I thought he was doing his thing. Maybe, you know, with John Elwood being over there, they're just a little impatient at the quarterback position. But you can't expect everybody to be great. You just had Peyton Manning. I feel like you got to kind of pump your brakes, slow down, and get these guys time to play. You keep rotating your QBs out like that, your first-team offense ain't going to get a chance to really think about who they playing for or get used to who they playing with. But, hey, that's just me. I'm I'm on the outside looking in, man. I don't know. Also, not to change lanes, but I'm going to keep it with the NFL. But speaking of the NFL and the evil empire, and I'm talking about anytime, anytime I say evil and talking about the NFL, other than Roger Goodell, I'm talking about the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick, for the longest time I hated him. I thought he was a piece of garbage. And he may be a piece of garbage. The NFL does paint him as a evil motherfucker, and maybe to his benefit. He probably likes it. He makes it so he doesn't have to talk and be friendly and all that shit. But I did happen to catch a documentary about him and Bill Parcells. It's called The Two Bills. It was a, I think it was ESPN 30 for 30, but I know I know it was ESPN documentary. I don't know if it's a 30 for 30 or not, but it's worth checking out. It's worth checking out. You get to see how two big but very different personalities coexisted in the NFL and see how their careers tied together for a long time and how they how they kind of fed off of one another and how Bill Parcells kind of positioned Bill Belichick for better or for worse. I feel like it's, if you're a football fan, it's worth you checking out. It's really interesting, and I will say this, after watching this, you may look at Bill Belichick differently. It may be hard to accept it, but you may look at him a little bit differently. So I urge you guys to watch it. It's pretty dope. Uh, basketball, I ain't got shit. LeBron's still LeBroning. 
The Lakers are coming along. I got nothing. My Bulls have been warned by the league for tanking. Uh, and to me, it's pretty despicable. As a as a lifelong Chicago Bulls fan, it's, it's heartbreaking to see your team do what they're doing. Like, they're sitting there better players. And my thing is, there's no guarantees with the draft. If, if any team should know that, it's the Chicago fucking Bulls. So, to bank your progression on the draft to me, that I mean, it's it's pretty shitty. And maybe they got it right when they went and drafted D. Rose, even though he got hurt before he, he got hurt. He was considered one of the best players in the league. But they had a team in place that they built from the draft. Now, did those guys get older? Yes, they got older. But I feel like the Bulls were still in the position to build from within through the draft. And that's makes it makes me so angry because they traded away every player they drafted and brought in a bunch of bum ass free agents. They get they did get Lori Marketing who's better than I thought he was, I will admit. And they did get a uh, Holiday who well, I think they either they had him or they or they picked him up. And he's better than I thought he would be. But Bobby Portis is developing. They traded Miritich. I just it just irks me because I feel like if you keep Jimmy Butler there you can get maybe a free agent or two to come to you. And while you may not have the best fucking record in the league, you probably wouldn't won. You wouldn't have, I don't think you would have won yourself out of the lottery. So you would have still got a decent pick without shitting on the legacy of the team. And maybe that's just me as an ignorant fan, but damn, it, it hurts my feelings, my sports feelings, to see my team lose like this and Keep seeing these fucking ESPN scores with them getting blown up by teams that they can compete with at least. Especially when we had the roster to do it. If we should have got rid of anybody, maybe it should have been that bum-ass coach. Maybe they should have done that. As a fan, to me, with the style of basketball he's trying to bring in, I don't feel like you're trying to win games. It's like you're trying to entertain more than you're trying to win. And I get that the game has to have entertainment value, but shit, like, we want to win games too. I'm not trying to have the Chicago Bulls be the fucking Phoenix Suns a few years ago where they had Steve Nash, Stoudemire, and Joe Johnson, all those guys, but they never won shit. It was pretty. It was cool to hear about. It was cool to watch. Pass, pass, three-pointer. That's cool, but you got to you gotta win ball games. You got to get in the playoffs. You got to be in a hunt for a championship. And they may have been able to do that, keeping and building around Jimmy Butler. Hell, if I was them, I would have go try. I would have went and tried to get D Rose back. Dead ass serious, because you knew he probably would have been a free agent after the season in New York. I would have brought him back to fucking Chicago, and let him and Jimmy work that shit out over the over the off season. Because if you look at it, they haven't had a decent point guard since. And I don't know if Levine's running the one right now, but I know D. Rose is averaging double figures. He was averaging double, like 17 and 5 a game when he was in New York. So he was still a productive point guard. I just feel like they could have made it work, and that's a, that's a bad move. You never want to see your team rebuild like that. I watched that shit with the Jaguars, and I'm watching with the Bears. Like, tanking your season trying to get the draft pick don't always work out. And oftentimes sets you further the fuck back. And I know I'm... I'm I'm going in on this, but I got to vent. That shit really pisses me off. Like, it's past the point of me laughing at them. 
at the stupid shit they're doing. It's just, at this point, I'm just fucking angry. I'm fucking angry. Man, it pissed me off. Sorry, listeners. I had to get it off my chest, though, man. That military shit had me angry. This other shit had me angry. Oh, man. I just want to laugh again. I just want to laugh. But some funny shit that did happen. Actually, two funny things happened. That, uh, that boy Takashi 6 9 got put in check by uh, Jay Prince Jr. Now, for anybody, all my hip-hop fans, if you've been listening to rap enough, you know who Rapping Lock Records is. And you heard of that man, Jay Prince, and you know he's a bad motherfucker. Well, his son had a block party recently, and I guess Takashi 69 thought he was going to run in there and just not check in and just do his normal thing. And I talked about this a little bit on the last episode in reference to DJ Academics, who I still feel like is going to get himself killed. But the guy I'm talking about is probably going to be the one to get him in his trouble. So if you don't know who Takashi 69 is, he's a rainbow-haired rapper, from Brooklyn, New York, who's supposed to be running with the nine trade bloods out of New York City, right? So this kid has been doing this thing on the internet. And I'm not knocking his hustle, not knocking his grind. I personally, I'm not really into him. I can try to listen to his songs. It ain't nothing I could just can't ever listen to, but it's, it's not like high on my playlist, I'll say that. Overshadowing his music recently has been his, his thing about checking in. And I think I went into a long, drawn-out thing about that shit on the last one. But if you didn't listen, or if this is your first time listening, I'm going to give you guys some background right now. If you're a rapper and you have a certain types of affiliation, I think it's smart if you check in when you go to different coasts and there may be some conflict. That's it in a nutshell. He went online saying that that's not something he's going to do. Okay, cool. You dealt with those consequences. Now, when you go somewhere like Houston and you go to an event hosted by the people who kind of run who you could say run the street level of shit in Houston, you might want to change your tune. You might want to humble yourself just a little bit. Because them, them guys, ain't, they ain't having that. They've been in the game for a long time. They got a lot of respect. And that's all people are asking for, man. That's all somebody's asking for is a lot of respect. So if you can't get respect, you shouldn't expect to receive it. And that's what he was met with. And regardless of how it turns out, it turned out from this incident, Excuse me, he had a, he has an even bigger target on his back now. Now everybody, they're they going to say you tried the shit in L.A., you tried the shit in Houston, it didn't work out for you. Now when you come to our city, we're going to have people waiting for you too because now people see it's effective. Because one thing about the streets is the streets follows trends. And if the trend is you can punk Takashi 69 and get fame on the Internet, that's what people are going to do. Because you can't you can't falsely get on there and claim that people who are who have a name in this game are chasing clout when they they already got all the clout they need in Houston. They don't need clout from anybody else. Anybody who's anybody in the industry knows who these people are. So you saying they're chasing clout is just ridiculous. You're chasing clout by claiming you're not checking in, but you're the one that's gonna be moving across the country with a fucking target on your back. It ain't like you don't stand out. You're the only Latin kid with rainbow-colored hair, a bunch of 69 tattoos, and ridiculous gold teeth like you got. So you, <laughs> the target was already there. People want to press you. you. You inviting that shit, that target on your back just got bigger, fam. 
And it was crazy to see him, you know, to hear about it because I, I just figured he was something was gonna happen to him. And I won't be surprised if he gets on if he's on video getting beat the fuck up, like for real this time. Not the LAX bullshit, but like if he's on on the internet getting for real beat the fuck up one time, I will not be surprised. And other 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 hilarious news, Jesus and Mero, <laughs> funny guys. They got into it with DJ Envy. I won't say got into it. They went to the Breakfast Club, hosted by DJ Envy, Charlamagne Tha God, and Angela Yee, right? They went on there, and if you watch The Breakfast Club, you'll know that apparently Envy holds grudges. So they they have a show called Jesus and Meryl, and apparently they were watching something. They do play-by-play, -play. so they, they'll sit there, and I guess the producer or whoever will play shit on the, on the screen, and they'll basically just react to it. And at this particular point, obviously DJ, DJ Envy and his wife were on the screen, and he was saying how, well, she was saying how she didn't, she knows Sean, she don't know, she don't know DJ Envy or whatever, how apparently DJ Envy some other guy. And then Jesus made the comment, was like, oh, she's, she's not familiar with him. She's familiar with that DJ Envy check, though. And DJ Envy took it as, oh, you said my wife just there for the check. Him and his wife have been through things. It's been public, whatever. But he took Jesus' comment as saying his wife was only there for the check. And for that, <laughs> you know, him and DJ Envy, Jesus and Mary had got a little heat with DJ Envy behind that. And they went on the radio show, I guess not thinking nothing of it, but he was he was there waiting to address the shit, and it got a little heated. I mean, they apologized and everything, but the, the you know, the argument spilled on the social media. So I think it's going to be fun in the next couple of weeks to see them talking shit, because I know Jesus and Mary ain't going to let up. They're going to keep going in. Their podcast is probably going to have some number. They're going to probably do a whole fucking Bodega Boys episode about that shit. But we shall see. Another thing I want to talk about is uh, the 90s, man. And I ain't talking about nothing referencing you punk-ass 90s babies, whatever. 90s kids, whatever you calling yourselves. I'm talking about shit that happened when you guys were alive but probably didn't know a lot about what was going on. And I'm talking about the recent raping of the 90s for profit right about now. We saw with the, um, I'll give you the, the particulars of what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Tupac and Biggie and O.J. Simpson. Now, Tupac and Biggie have been gone for about 20 years, right? 95, 96, so that's 20 years time. And a couple years ago, for whatever reason, they had another Tupac movie come out. And now on the USA Network, that they're airing a, like a miniseries on the murders of Tupac and Biggie. And while I understand creating awareness, my thing is, where was all this shit like 20 years ago? Where was all this interest 20-some years ago when this shit happened? The O.J. Simpson shit. I don't know if it was legal shit they were trying to get done. Like, they, Fox is releasing the interview O.J. Spoza did. And I know he's trying to get, he's probably trying to get paid. He's been in jail for a minute. And he knows he's a dollar sign. But it's like, damn. They just had a whole ESPN documentary about this shit. They had a whole FX thing about this shit. And now Fox is doing an interview. It's like, man, y'all really going to rape the 90s for content right now? Is it is it that bad that you got to go back and rape the 90s for some shit that happened? 
and bring up this negative shit. They keep pimping out O.J. Simpson. Y'all know he's a willing hoe. I get it. He's low on do I understand. But at some point, he's got to have some self-respect. And it's not, it's not like I give a fuck about O.J. I'm thinking about the family of the people he fucking killed. Like, how do you think they, like, they feel seeing this shit rehashed out in public? On major networks over and over and over again about the people, the person who may have killed their daughter and their son being brought back into celebrity again. It's it's crazy to me. Like that's why people in these industries have no soul whatsoever, man. None. None whatsoever. The same thing with Tupac and Biggie. Like their families gotta hear this shit. Like I understand you're you're doing it for you're doing it for ratings or you wanna expose the truth. Okay, cool. Donate some money to their families if you want to help them out. But putting this shit on TV again? Come on, man. Now, who approves this shit? I doubt anybody's watching. Because those of us who were alive and old enough to understand what was going on, we're probably tired of this shit. Like, unless you can show me Tupac is alive and it was all fake, I don't want to hear this shit. I don't want to see it. Like, I'm thinking about his family. The people that were close to him. And that terrible-ass movie they made, too. That shit was garbage. Shit like It wasn't a Lifetime movie, but it looked like it. That shit was trash. Man. Also, so let me get into this, this Bruno Mars shit. Because we're talking about cultures being raped. That young lady spoke up piece. And it's... I went back and forth when I was thinking about this. Like, was she right? Was she wrong? I, I don't know. Was she misguided? If you really sit back and think about what she said, she didn't lie. I tell you that shit. She damn sure didn't lie. Everything she said about him sampling that music is true. It's factual. <laughs> he is basically going into that bag and repopular. I won't even say he's making it popular again. He's just dipping into the bag and using that as his musical influence, I guess, to... Uh, to propel himself. Now let's not get it fucked up. Bruno Mars is amazingly talented. Super talented. Ridiculously talented. At the same time. The young lady does have a valid point. Not a lot of original music. Has come from him. At least not nothing that's been. Like a breakout song. Nothing has been, nothing has been as big. As his last few songs. Like as far as 24 Karat Magic and all that shit. The sound he has adopted in like the last four or five years, that's not, obviously, that's not from his funk, his new jack swing. That's obviously before his time. Now, can I fault him for doing something he loves? No. Can I fault other people's response to it? No. And that's where the conflict in this whole situation for me is like, I can't, I can't fault him for doing what he, what he loves and and people are gravitating to it and liking it. But there, there's some validity to what she said, though. Prince not getting no album of the years? I'm not even the biggest Prince fan. I come from a Frank and Beverly and Mays household. Prince wasn't on the, you know, he wasn't on like that in my household. But I understand his greatness. I understand the point she made about Michael Jackson. I understand the point she was talking about New Edition, Bobby Brown, how they made great music. How that new Jack Swing shit was basically the 90s. And how 
they get no recognition for the shit. Now, you could pay homage and all that shit, that's cool. But paying homage is not going to get them guys those awards they deserve. And it's not. And the part about white people wanting to get their black culture from people not white, she has a point there too. White artists have been able to tiptoe in black culture and then hop their ass on out after they make their money. And let, let, me, let me do this for you. Let me give you some background on why I feel this way. I'll say, number one, I'll give you Justin Timberlake. Black singer comes out. He's dope. Chris Brown is R&B all the way through. He's not going to get those pop spins. Justin Timberlake, you let him in the R&B, he's going to get the R&B look, that pop look, and I think now he's going for that, he may be going for that country look. He's allowed to bounce into about three different genres. And I understand he's worked with black artists. Cool, I'm not saying he can't work with black artists, and I'm not saying that he shouldn't make the music he wants. I'm just saying the way it, it looks, it looks a way like you you here for this, but then you're not here for this. You come in, you borrow, you make your money, then you leave. Chris Brown can't turn this shit off. And I know Chris Brown's been in some trouble. He may not be the best example, but he's a superstar. He's a black superstar. He's had his issues, whatever. But you can't deny he's talented. If you look at them like if you look at them next to one another, and you just assess talent, Justin Timberlake, Chris Brown, who's the more talented artist? Right? But who can tiptoe? into different genres like that. Katy Perry threw a little hip-hop in her shit, made her money, a little Juicy J song, bounced right back the fuck out the pop. Miley Cyrus was in the video doing her twerk shit, wearing her Jordans, did all that dumb shit, made her money in the dipping and dabbing in the culture, hopped right the fuck back out and became old, and she became Hannah Montana again. Bruno Mars, I can see it. I can see her point. I can see her point. Do I think he should stop? I, I don't know, man. Because does he pay homage? He does pay homage. He does do that. But if you if you look at it, man, she kind of had a point. And I guess, I guess you call me hotep, all that bullshit people say, all these really pro-black people. Yeah, I'm all that shit. I'm all that shit. I'm all about black people. I'm all about that shit. You fucking right. Because it's like I talk about these rappers. I say, when we support these bullshit rappers and they're making these monkey-ass songs, that's cool. You just devalue the music. Because you know what's going to happen? A lyrical, a lyrical white rapper can come in and have a song making complete lyrical sense. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to blow the fuck up. You don't believe me? Look at Macklemore winning awards over fucking Kendrick Lamar. When's the last time you heard of Macklemore? The Grammys have been sucking Kendrick's dick for the past couple years to make up for that blunder they pulled. You ain't heard shit from Macklemore. You don't believe me that lyrical white rapper can come in and have more success than a lyrical black rapper? There you go, Macklemore, g Easy, Eminem, all fucking dope. All can rap their ass off. But you gonna tell me with all the black dudes rapping, nobody's at that level? Nobody. We're not gonna get the endorsements and we're not gonna get the same spins on that pop channel, on that pop station, whatever. And that's what I'm saying. You keep making trash music. You making way for other people to come in, as they should. But for us, this shit is bigger than it just being music. Anybody can make music. I get that. But for us, it's our culture. We're black in America. We have to build our culture from the ground up. 
We don't even have our real last names. All that shit been stripped. It's gone. Unless we do some type of ancestry or have some direct bloodline back to our own country, we don't know where the fuck we come from. We don't know where the fuck our bloodlines are from. We have no flag, no country to reach back to like people from other races. So we had to build our culture in America from the fucking ground up. So it's only right we hold on to that shit. I'm not saying we got to not let people in, but we got to be able to have some ownership. We got to be able to have some ownership. You can't be black and just break in the rock like that and become a top rock act. That's not how it works. You're going to have your fishbone. You're going to have your hootie and the blowfish. You're going to have a few acts. But it's not going to be like how it is in hip-hop. A black opera singer. Your Charlie Pride. It's not going to be the same. They're going to face something. Right now, people are thinking about it on a music level. But it's deeper than that. That hip-hop shit, that boom-bap drum, that breakdancing, graffiti, beatboxing, DJing, all that shit. It's more than music. It's a part of our fucking culture. And it pisses me off when other black people don't realize that shit. Like, oh, are you too black? Are you, you gotta be so black. You fucking right. We have to value ourselves because other races don't fucking value us the same. So how can you be out there talking that Black Lives Matter shit? How can you be out there like I'm all about black people, all about this shit, and then not really be fucking about it? You either all in or you not the fuck in. And that's not to exclude nobody else. I love every fucking body. If you white and you can make a beat, make that beat. You can DJ, break dance, all that shit. But we have to have ownership of this shit. We have to have ownership of it. And I'm not talking about like black people and Latino people have to just take hip hop and say, no, you can't have it. No. When I say have ownership of it, we have to demand quality art from the people doing the art that fucking look like us. Ownership. You got to take ownership. And maybe I should use the word responsibility instead. We're the gatekeepers of this shit. And for us, when we let white artists in, for them to be, to get on, we hold them to a certain level. They got to be at a fucking highest caliber. So why don't we do that shit with our own? If you a Latin rapper, you got to be dope, right? For the most part. If you black and you trash, you can get on in. You can get right the fuck on in. And that, that's the crazy thing about it. But don't complain. Don't complain when you got a bunch of white rappers on the show and no black rappers. Don't complain. Nah. Not if you're not holding the music to a higher fucking standard. And that's the shit I'm talking about. Blacks and Latinos got a whole hip-hop culture to a higher standard. Because even when the Beastie Boys got in and did their shit, did they blend genres yet? But the Beastie Boys is fucking dope. They did their thing. And I'm not taking nothing away from the talent of a g Easy. A fucking Macklemore or Eminem. I'm not taking nothing away from their talent. They're all super fucking talented. All I'm saying is we got to hold black artists to the same fucking standard and take ownership of this shit. And the shit with Bruno Mars, that, that's a weird one for me because the girl, she didn't lie. She didn't lie. She called him a wedding singer. Yeah, he, if you don't like it, if you're a Bruno Mars fan, you don't like it, tell that motherfucker to make some original music. He's got the talent. He's got to have the team. Paying homage don't mean shit to me when them artists still fucking broke. When them artists can't get the same venue you get and you singing the same fucking songs. I wish him all the success in the world. There's a hell of a halftime show. <laughs> so, 
I don't want to see Bruno Mars go nowhere, but I would like to see something original. Shut everybody up, man. Come out with some original music. Make that original music your next big hit, and you tell everybody to shut the fuck up. Do I have fun watching them do it? Yeah. And maybe to that point, maybe some black artists should pay homage. Or maybe we should pay attention to the ones that are going a little deeper than that. Not the bum-ass R&B shit. Maybe we should pay more attention to the neo-soul acts and get them some love. So I'm not blaming, I'm not blaming Bruno Mars. I'm saying this shit's on us. But we gotta, it's like, we gotta act like we want it. Act like you want this shit. If you want to complain about it and talk shit about it, about black people should be treated fairly, act like you want this shit. You, you can hotel, you can say I'm hotel all you want. I want all them problems. You just have to understand it's not about excluding others. You want to include everybody. But we got to learn how to take care of our fucking selves. Shit, y'all got me going. I mean, I was trying to have a nice, relaxed podcast and shit and be all fun and talk about silly shit. But I got to going on this and it just, you know, it, it got that energy going, man. Usually I'm a lighthearted guy. I like to pick on my family and <laughs> have fun in the house, man. But it's all good, man. Let me let me get on out of here, man, and get back to the crib and uh, enjoy my life, man. So even though I didn't introduce the show at the top of the show, it's my bad. I fucked up. No play in this ride, man. Hosted by me, Blackout. If you want to reach out to me, no play in this ride, all lowercase, at gmail.com. Once again, no play in this ride, all lowercase, at gmail.com. I'm also on, on Twitter at noplay247. That's capital N, lowercase o, capital P, L A Y. Noplay247 on Twitter. If you turn, if you type in noplay in this ride, it'll pop up. Um, Xbox Live. I'm going to change my gamer tag to noplay in this ride. I'm gonna pay the ten beans. My my man Brad told me I was asking about gamer tags on Facebook. My man Brad was like, change it. I'm like, man, that shit costs $10. He was like, you got to invest in yourself. I just want to see you win. And I was like, damn, you're absolutely right. <laughs> absolutely right. So I'm going to do that today. Also, I have a Facebook page, No Playing This Ride. I'm not as active on it as I should be, but you get on there and help me activate it. Go out there and communicate, me, communicate with me on Facebook, man, and Help me build my page up, man. Share it. Let people know about it. I'm trying to get the word out, man. I'm trying to get a voiceover job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get that voiceover money, man. Anyway, man, it's, it's been great. See y'all next episode. Learn something today that you didn't learn today. I fucked that up. Learn something tomorrow that you didn't learn today. And teach somebody else the day after. There we go. Stay solid. Peace.